श्रीमद्भागवतम की श्रीला प्रभुपाद की जय नेताई गोर प्रेमानंदे ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय हरे कृष्णा टुडे वी आर रीडिंग फ्रॉम कैम्टो सेवन चैप्टर थ्री चैप्टर थ्री इज एंटाइटल्ड हिरण्य कशिपूस प्लान टू बिकम इमोटल टुडे वी आर ऑन टेक्स्ट थर्टी टू 
कलाहान इट्स पार्ट्स ते ऑफ यू तनवह फीचर्स ऑफ द बॉडी च एंड सर्वा ऑल हिरण्य गर्भ द वन हु कीप्स द यूनिवर्स विद इन हिज एबडोमिन असी यू आर बृहद ग्रेटर दैन द ग्रेटेस्ट थ्री पृष्ठ ट्रांसेंडेंटल टू द थ्री मोड्स ऑफ मटीरियल नेचर ट्रांसलेशन एंड पर्पोर्ट बाय हिज डिवाइन ग्रेस ए सी भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी श्रीला प्रभुपाद ट्रांसलेशन देर इज नथिंग सेपरेट फ्रॉम यू वेदर इट बी बेटर और लोअर स्टेशनरी और मूविंग the knowledge derived from vedic literatures like the upanishads and from all the sublims of the original vedic literature form your external body you are hiranyagarbha the reservoir of the universe but nonetheless being situated as the supreme controller you are transcendental to the material world which consists of the three modes of material nature purport the word param means the supreme cause and aparam means the effect the supreme cause is the supreme personality of godhead and the effect is material nature the living entities both moving and non moving are controlled by the vedic instructions in art and science and therefore they are all expansions of the external energy of the supreme personality of godhead who is the center as the super soul the brahmandas the universes exist during the duration of the breath of the supreme lord yasyai ka nishvasita kala mathavalambya जीवंती लोमा विलज जगदंदनाथ दस दे आर ऑल्सो विद इन द वूम ऑफ द सुप्रीम पर्सनैलिटी ऑफ गॉड हेर महाविष्णु नथिंग देफो इज सेपरेट फ्रॉम द सुप्रीम लॉर्ड दिस इज द फिलॉसफी ऑफ अचिंत्य भेद अभेद तत्व ओम ज्ञानंजनाशलाकय चक्षुरुन्मिलीगुरव नम श्रीचैतन्य मनोभीष्ठ स्थात ये नूतले स्वयं कदाम तदाती स्वदाकोतिचाल पंगुम लंगयते गिरी यहाँ वंदे श्रीगुरूदीनताम वाछाकूभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतिताभ्यो वैष्णवभ्यो नमो नमः जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु निनंद श्रीअद्वैतगदाधर श्रीवासादी गौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्ण हरे कृष्ण 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा सो वी आर कंटिन्यूइंग टू यर हिरण्य कशिपूज ग्लोरिफिकेशन ऑफ लॉर्ड ब्रह्मा इट्स नॉट एक्चुअली ग्लोरिफिकेशन ही इज फ्लैटरिंग लॉर्ड ब्रह्मा लाइक जनरली वी सी इन इंडिया ऑल्सो पीपल डू दैट दे फ्लैटर द डेमी गॉड्स or even in you know corporate life or normal world we see like or even if a, chi- if a child wants something from their parents they first do some maska polish we say in hindi they try to flatter the person they speak some few good words um in their praise so that they get whatever they want from that person so actually these are very um there's there's a very uh, there's a very uh, hidden motive 
of uh, uh, Hiranyakashipu in offering these prayers to Lord Brahma in his glorification. And that is what very evidently comes out. So we are on the 32nd verse today and by the 34th or 35th verse he starts asking for all those famous benedictions which you know we do in our children's class very often during Narsimha, before Narsimha Chaturdashi that I don't want to die inside or outside. I don't want to die inside, outside, up, neither up nor down, neither in water nor on land, nor by any uh, demigods. You know, all those uh, benedictions which Hiranyakashipu asked, they will come now. And then the chapter will end with him asking those benedictions. So we see there is so much flattery going on over here. In fact, I had to read it twice and go and understand the context because when I just read the verse while preparing for the class, I thought, oh, some prayers for the Supreme Lord have started. First, I thought like somebody is offering prayers to Lord Vishnu because he's calling him Supreme Controller and, you know, all these words which are actually meant for the glorification of Lord Vishnu. So we've been seeing from the beginning of this canto, when the whole pastime of um, Narsimha Dev and Hiranyakashipu started, we've been seeing that Hiranyakashipu is a very learned person. He has learnt all the Vedas. He he is a very very um, he is very proficient in the scriptures, and therefore he knows exactly how to offer prayers based on scriptures. So his prayers are not just artificial. If we see over here, they are based on the scriptures with a hidden motive, though, because he wants some benediction. So there's a hidden motive, but his prayers are misplaced. Because he doesn't like Vishnu, he is envious of Vishnu. The whole purpose of him doing all these austerities was so that he can achieve, you know, immortality and he can ultimately kill Vishnu. The, you know, it was with a revengeful attitude that he did all these austerities and penances that he did. So uh, he is asking all these uh, prayers, and this is, you know, he is offering all these uh, glorification to uh, Brahma that he is the supreme. You are, you are the. You know, you are the Hiranyagarbha, the reservoir of the universe and being situated as the supreme controller, you are transcendental to the material world. Now we know Lord Brahma is within this material world. Lord Brahma also actually, um, you know, leaves his or dies at the end of complete devastation when the whole material world is dissolved, he also dies. So he is definitely there within the material world, although he is not as much affected as by the Moors as the other demigods would get affected. He is slightly about, but he also makes mistakes. We've seen, you know, in the story of his, him running behind his daughter Vak, him getting bewildered during the Brahma Vimohan Leela when Krishna was on this planet. So it's not that he's completely transcendental. He's, he's actually in charge of the mode of uh, uh, passion. So we see because he does the sub-creation. But this is the confusion generally which is there especially with people in India. Because of their half-cooked knowledge, they think Brahma is the creator. So when they say Brahma, Vishnu, Mahesh, the three murti, they say Brahma is the creator, Vishnu is the maintainer and Shiva is the destroyer. But they don't realize that Brahma is not the supreme creator. And many people have this misconception. They feel that Brahma is the supreme creator, he has created everything. But, you know, people don't understand the difference between Sarga and Visarga. So Sarga, and this is given exhaustively in the third canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, and further on in the fifth canto as well. Sarga is primary creation. 
the creation which lord uh, mahavishnu does who's an expansion of lord krishna coming from the spiritual world so mahavishnu is at the lying at the border of the spiritual and the material world um, and he is lying on the viraja or the causal ocean the viraja river and like it is said over here from his breaths you know prabhupad quoted the famous verse from uh, um, brahma samhita that you know all these brahmandas or universes are coming out from the pores of mahavishnu so he is the original creator he is actually the one who glances at pradhan and pradhan is the inert material uh, nature which then gets agitated by his glance and then we see that all the different manifestations happen mode of goodness and mode of passion and ignorance combined with different ingredients of this inert matter and they actually develop into different different things and then we see that all these universes come out from lord um, from mahavishnu spores and he once again doesn't leave it there he once again enters expands himself and enters as garbhodakshai vishnu within its un in universe and from that garbhodakshai vishnu's navel the lotus flower is born and brahma is born on top of that and again you know garbhodakshai vishnu doesn't leave it there he actually gives the whole blueprint it's described in the third canto to lord brahma because lord brahma was bewildered when he suddenly appeared on the lotus he did not know his purpose he didn't know why he has come he did not know what he has to achieve he did not know what his source was or where he has to go nothing so he actually first mechanically tries to search the source of his um, existence or the source of his creation ultimately he was unsuccessful he keeps going down the stem of the lotus flower but we cannot see the lord by mechanical means and that is what brahma realizes he kept trying trying for quite a few years of brahma's years that too and then chupcha bolte na ghar ka ullu ghar ko aaya he comes back and he goes on top of the lotus and he starts doing uh, prayers and austerities and then he gets the realization like krishna reveals vishnu reveals himself so brahma has been given the instruction to do the visarga visarga is the secondary creation so once he is inside this uh, universe once the universe has come out garbhodakshai vishnu has come in within the universe and brahma has been created then he creates whatever is required within that particular universe and all the universes are you know like mustard seeds in a bag of whole mustard a bag of mustard seeds that's what prabhupada describes in the purports every universe is actually that there are millions of universes and therefore there are millions of brahmas in fact brahma did not know this we know the famous pastime he goes to uh, meet lord krishna in dwarka and that time the door keeper stop him and say that uh, who are you and he says oh go tell krishna that brahma has come to see him and brahma uh, they, they he goes the door keeper goes inside and tells krishna that oh the brahma has come to see you now krishna obviously is daksha daksha means expert he tries to achieve quite a few things with one act so he did want to listen to whatever brahma had come the matter to discuss but he also sensed that oh how i was i being stopped that's what brahma said i am the brahma i am the you know creator of the material universe so he wanted to show him his position so he sends the doorkeeper back and he tells him go and find out which brahma has come and this doorkeeper comes and asks and uh, brahma was a bit bewildered by that question he thought oh i'm the only one <laughs> but he realized suddenly that you know this question is being asked of me so he tells the doorkeeper that tell him the four headed brahma has come so then obviously he goes inside he pays obeisances to krishna he discusses the matter which he had come to discuss but then he also asked that my lord you asked which brahma has come are there any other brahmas in this universe uh, or in these universes 
and then krishna by his achintya shakti calls all the brahmas from all the universes and then suddenly brahma feels like a dwarf in front of all the other brahmas because actually it is mentioned that the universe that we live in is one of the last ones to come out from mahavishnu's pore so it's actually very tiny because once the universes come out from the pore they keep expanding garbhodakshai vishnu enters and they keep expanding so some of the universes which came out earlier are you know really big they have expanded a lot and then this our universe came out piche se vise like chota so it has not expanded so much and therefore our brahma has only four heads but other brahmas have number of heads based on the size of their universe so some of the universe which which uh, universes which came out very early are huge and there the brahmas have you know some brahmas have 1000 heads some have 10000 uh, heads some have 1 uh, million heads as well so then brahma realized that okay i'm not the only one <laughs> there are many others you know i'm not some big top or something like that there are others who have created much bigger universes i have created in my within you know universe i've done whatever i had to do so brahma doesn't he is not transcendental to the modes he also gets bewildered and he has all the assistance from the lord to do the secondary creation as well so the lord gives him the blueprint and the lord provides him all the ingredients to do the secondary creation like like for example you know you pre we prepare idli batter or we prepare dough to make buns or something like that so that idli batter is given by garbhodakshai vishnu to lord brahma and he is just pouring it into idli mold and he is making the idlis or he is making dosa or whatever so the ingredient has been given everything has been given to him and he is just changing those ingredients into different different forms that is brahma's role as the secondary creator but people mistake him that he is only the supreme controller and the supreme cause and the supreme creator that is the common mistake which people make especially in india and prabhupada over here in the purport if we see he is actually saying that param means the supreme cause and aparam means the effect so supreme cause prabhupad says is mahavishnu or lord vishnu he is the supreme cause ultimately we know how if we go back then it is krishna who is the supreme cause of all causes but aparam means the material nature so he calls it as the cause and the effect in the purport so when we talk about supreme cause and he says that the cause obviously it it has caused the effect to happen so the only mahavishnu or the lord causes actually this material nature to happen and we see in many purports prabhupad tries to stress this point and drive home this point that nothing has come from matter everything comes from the supreme spirit or the supreme brahman or the supreme lord mahavishnu and therefore very early on in you know the uh, during the inception of iskon in the early years of iskon prabhupad wrote the book life comes from life because prabhupad was trying to drive home the point that any life that you see in this material world comes from life it does not come from matter because prabhupad's disciples when you know were giving inputs to prabhupad what was the current situation at that time and everybody was you know the most prevalent notion about the source of this universe was the big bang theory even today in schools it is taught about the big bang theory there was a big bang and the whole universe is got created and we heard a speaker say few days ago that when there is i think anirudh prabhu was saying that when a big bang happens what happens if there's a you know a bomb breaks like a bomb falls on some city and it's a big bang does does some creation happen beautiful creation happen which is then self sustaining and everything's going on in order or full destruction happens or a big bang happens and an earthquake happens then what happens there's all destruction that happens so we see that nothing comes out of a big bang but still you know the modern scientists make people believe that 
everything from in this universe happened because of a big bang and then suddenly we have everything in order like we were just discussing on gaur purnima which we celebrated last week that in our iskon calendar you know there was some confusion about fast breaking time and somebody said no it's 737 but in our iskon calendar the time was written as 801 or 802 pm and then you know iskon calendar is published probably last year it was published and then we went on the website and we checked and actually the moonrise time was 801 pm for that day and we were discussing how predictable you know these things are even the moonrise can be predicted so many months ago we can predict exactly to the point 801 802 that's when moonrise is going to happen so do you think this all happens just by a big bang that everything is in perfect order the moon rises at the time which is predicted months and months ago or the sun rises exactly at the time which is predicted they don't move out of their orbit it is said if the moon actually goes out of the orbit like you know little bit away or little bit closer it can create havoc on the earth planet so we see nothing goes out of their orbit everything is perfectly rotating in orderly fashion and obviously prabhupad wants us to realize that all this behind all this the cause the param the cause is actually the supreme lord mahavishnu who is doing all these things and ultimately lord krishna prabhupad in fact always drove home the point that even matter comes from life so here he is saying no misplaced glorification of um, hiranyakashipu he is saying that there is nothing separate from you whether it be better or lower stationary or moving so stationary means inert things like non living things and prabhupad says matter not only life comes from life but matter also comes from life so nothing not even matter gets created like we see you know in our bhakti shastri class also we are ex we explain sometimes that if you go back like you know go back 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 like if we go back again you know all the demigods mahavishnu we trace it back to lord krishna in the same way if you go back in terms of any product that you take in this material world let's say a plastic dabba or a plastic bucket now that plastic bucket has been manufactured by man no doubt about that but if you go back 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 you will see that plastic has ultimately come from petrochemicals petroleum which has ultimately come from the earth so who gave that earth first of all or who gave this planet to the scientists or to these you know manufacturers to then extract oil or extract petrol and then convert it into petrochemicals and into plastic so everything that we see and this you know knowledge most transcendentalists also have not just devotees if you see even mayavadis they at least have this knowledge that everything you can trace back to the supreme brahman that he has created all these things and the ingredients have been given by him and that is what we see prabhupad stressing over here and we see hiranyakashipu also having knowledge of that he realizes that yes everything is not by chance even though he was a demon he had demoniac mentality he was envious of vishnu he wanted to kill vishnu but he recognized the fact that you know you have to trace it back and give credit that there is it's all not come by chance whatever is there in this world and therefore he realizing that like you know he didn't go to the gym to become strong or to become powerful or something like that he actually realized he has to do austerities and penances he has to pray to a higher power to get those benedictions so that he can then become immortal in his words so that's the gist of this particular purport and in few verses we will see that hiranyakashipu will then start asking for his uh, famous benedictions today is also the appearance day of shrivas thakur or shrivas pandit so we'll spend the next few minutes talking about uh, shrivas thakur's life um it's always very glorious to um, glorify a personality on their appearance or disappearance day and actually they are very in a very merciful mood in their appearance day especially so they give us a lot of blessings so it's a very good opportunity for all of us 
to glorify Shrivas Thakur and seek blessings from him. So in the Adi Leela, uh, Leela uh, chapter 7 verse 6, there is a famous verse which is, you know, popular verse in Iskon which most of us know. Panchatattvat makam krishnam bhakta rupa swarupakam bhakta avataram bhaktakyam namami bhakta shaktikam. So uh, the meaning of this verse is that Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he comes in five different forms. He comes with his energies in five different forms. And sometimes, you know, Prabhupada used to have debates with uh, Christians because Christians used to always say that, oh, Jesus is the only son, Jesus is the only savior. You know, Christians have this particular uh, tenet. And Prabhupada used to say that, yeah, I'm not arguing that, that Jesus has come to save and he's the son. But why is he the only son? Do you realize that God is all-powerful? And they used to say, yes, God is all-powerful. So he said, if God has created people who can have multiple sons, then why he can only have one son? Why couldn't there be more sons that he would have? Or he would even challenge the Islamic faith people because they would say that, oh, Muhammad is the only savior. And, uh, or Muhammad was the last prophet that arrived. And Prabhupada said, why? After that, prophets have stopped arriving. The Lord, Supreme Lord's powers have gone away and he can't send any more prophets, empowered prophets anymore. So Prabhupada always used to question this on, you know, using simple logic, he would uh, defeat these, um, the theories of people who, were who misunderstood the concept of the Lord. And in the first canto, the beginning verse also we see, like Krishna says uh, that he's absolute truth Prabhupada defines is not just the Supreme Lord, but the Supreme Lord and his energies form the absolute truth. And therefore, Srimad Bhagavatam is a description not just of Lord Krishna and Lord Vishnu and their pastimes or the different avatars and different forms pastimes, but we see so much elaborate discussion on the energy on how material creation happens, on how sub-creation happens. We see so much discussion about that because that is what is absolute truth. Absolute truth is not just an isolated Lord, but the Lord along with his energies. And that's what this verse proves to us. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came down in five forms along with his energies. So Bhakta Rupa, Bhakta Rupa Swarupakam. Bhakta Rupa is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself. He came in the form of a devotee to propagate, like there were several reasons why he came, but one of the main reasons was to propagate the chanting, Harinam Sankirtan, to establish the Yuga Dharma. And then Swarupakam means, Swarupakam is Lord Nityananda, his expansion. So Lord Nityananda, who is none other than Lord Balaram. And then there is Bhakta Avatara. Bhakta Avatara is Advaita Acharya. So Advaita Acharya we know is a combined incarnation of Mahavishnu and Sadashiv. And he is the one who actually with his loud calling and loud roars, he actually, you know, forced Lord Krishna to appear as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, seeing the fallen condition of Kali Yuga. And then we have Bhakta Shakti come. So Bhakta Shakti is none other than Gadadhar Pandit, who is Srimati Radharani, the Ladini Shakti or the pleasure giving potency of the Supreme Lord. And then we have Bhakta Akhyam. Bhakta Akhyam means known as a devotee. Akhyam means known as or called as a devotee. And that was none other than Srivas Pandit or Srivas Thakur. So uh, Srivas Pandit or Srivas Thakur is originally Narad Muni. And in this whole Panchatattva who came in uh, just 500 years ago, Narad Muni or Srivas Thakur is the only Jiva Tattva in this Panchatattva. All the others are actually either expansions of Mahavishnu or incarnations of Mahavishnu or something or energy of Mahavishnu of, of, the, of the Lord. But Narad Muni is the only Jiva Tattva who came. And Narad Muni had a very dear friend in his pastimes. We see many times when Narad Muni is going to visit um, some of the devotees whom he wants to actually preach to. He takes Parvata Muni with him. 
So Parvata Muni was a very good form of a friend of Narad Muni. He actually came as uh, his brother uh, Sri Ram. So Narad Muni uh, came with uh, Parvata Muni as Sri Ram, and so Shrivas Pandit had four brothers. There were four brothers. So there were Shrivas, Sri Ram, Sri Nidhi, and Sri Pati. And all four brothers were very, very, very uh, great devotees of Lord Krishna and very attached to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. In fact, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu used to say sometimes that what would I do without these four brothers? And he would sometimes get angry because he came in the form of a devotee and he did not want that people, you know, his, that he is the Supreme Lord. He did not want anybody to uh, know that or his glories to be proclaimed to others. But he saw these four brothers were bindas. They were not scared of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They used to glorify the uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as the Supreme Lord to everybody who used to come to see them. And one day Chaitanya Mahaprabhu chastised Srivas Thakur. He said, why are you doing this? I don't like it. I am actually a devotee of Krishna. You are blaspheming uh, him by telling, you know, comparing my glories with him or something like that. And then Srivas Thakur actually um, like did some uh, sort of little bit drama. He, he tried to raise his hands and he tried to cover the sun as if block out the sun. And he kept doing like this, like this, but obviously with your own hands, how much can you block out the sun? And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I'm trying to block out this sun, but I'm somehow not being successful. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, how can you block out the sun just with your two small hands? And Srivas Thakur said, yes, exactly, my Lord. In the same way, you are your glory, you're glorious like the sun or millions of suns. How can we, anybody block out your glories? You know, just as the sunlight cannot be stopped from reaching all the parts of this universe, in the same way, your glories cannot be stopped. They are going to be known. They are going to be, you know, devotees are going to sing your glories and obviously they are going to worship you because you can't hide them just as the sun cannot hide, hide the sunlight. So like that, you know, all these four brothers were very devoted to um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They actually came much before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's advent. Um, and in fact, it is said, Srivas Thakur's wife, Malani Devi, she used to actually go and help Sachi Mata in nursing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when he was a child, bringing him up. So she was a very good friend of uh, Sachi Mata and she used to, she was there when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was born. So they all had come much before. So they were actually staying. Originally they are from Sri, Sri um, Hatta or Shlet, which is in present day Bangladesh. But they knew the Supreme Lord was going to come. So they all moved to Navadweep. And that's when Malini Devi used to go and assist Sachi Mata. She was a good friend of hers. And later on when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu left, they actually moved to Kumara Hatta. And Kumara Hatta is also the birthplace of Ishwara Puri. We, you know, discussed his pastime some days ago when it was his appearance day. So, um, the place like, you know, where Srivas Thakur used to live while Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in, is in Navadweep is very famous and it is known as Shriva Sangam. It is also known as Khola Bhanga Danga. Khola Bhanga Danga is where the Mridanga was broken by the famous Chand Kazi. We'll discuss that pastime in a few minutes. But it was mainly known as Shriva Sangan. And it is the place where most of the pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu used to take place. In fact, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, during the day, they used to, all the devotees, once he started exhibiting, obviously we was, knew he was Nimai first, Nimai Pandit, very steeped in grammar, logic, not interested in devotional life. He used to mock all the devotees when they used to actually worship the Lord. But once he got that transformation after he visited Gaya and then he started exhibiting his real purpose and that he's a devotee of Krishna, they used to have, all the devotees used to gather in Srivas Thakur's house and Srivas Thakur was like the leader 
of that Sankirtan party and they used to have long, long hours of Kirtan. So first they started by having Kirtans during the daytime and then some devotees told Chaitanya or in fact Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that why are we wasting our night times in sleeping? So they actually continued the Kirtan even at night. Full night also they used to have Kirtan. And there were different ragas that were sung. There was dancing, ecstatic dancing that used to happen by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityanand Prabhu. There were so many mridangas that were placed. So beautiful kirtans used to happen in that house. And Shriva Sangan is actually said to be non-different from Rasasthali. Rasasthali is none other than Krishna's, um, is none other than the place in Vrindavan where Krishna's Ras Leela takes place. So the same ecstasy which Krishna and the gopis would feel when they were in the rasa dance, in that rasa sthali. In the same way, the devotees and, uh, and the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would feel the same ecstasy in his association when they were all dancing in Kirtan, in Shriva Sangan. So, therefore, you know, it is a very, very worshipable uh, place in uh, Mayapur, which we all can visit when we go to Mayapur. So many Kirtans took place there and, you know, there were only people who were qualified who were allowed in the Kirtan. Because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu used to exhibit the highest ecstasy. Sometimes he would faint, he would exhibit the Ashta Sattvika Bhava, his hair would stand on and he would just roll about on the ground in ecstasy. So all these highest stages of Prema Bhakti were exhibited in that Angan when they were all dancing. And therefore no unqualified people were allowed in that Kirtan. Only qualified people who are pure devotees of the Lord or who had clean hearts and had devotion to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they were allowed to participate in the Kirtan. So there were two, two types of people who were left out. One of them used to feel were very humble. And they used to say that, oh, you know, we are not qualified. That is why we are not allowed in these Kirtans. Because the Kirtans were loud. They could be heard in the streets of Navadvip. And people used to wonder what's going on. And then when they came to know, some of them were really humble and like, you know, servile and they used to say, they, yes, we are not qualified. So one day when we become qualified, we might be allowed in this Kirtan. While others were very envious. And because of their envy, they used to blaspheme whatever was going on. Because they were not allowed to participate and they could not accept that someone is not allowing us. So they would say, oh, we don't know what these people are doing loudly chanting and singing. I think they are worshiping. They say they are Vaishnavas, Vaishnavas, but I think they are doing some black worship of Ma Kali. So lots of blasphemous rumors were spread about these um, Kirtans that were going on. And one of such personality was Gopal Chapala. So Gopal Chapala was a very envious person. He used to envy. He was living close to Srivas Thakur's house and he used to envy Srivas Thakur a lot and the Kirtans that were going on. So one day just to uh, blaspheme Srivas Thakur and to actually spread false allegations, to spread false rumors about him, he put some abomin abominable items in front of Srivas Thakur's house, in front of his door, like some red wine and meat and all that he left in front of his house. Nowadays, if we see a wine bottle lying around, nobody will think, they will think, oh, somebody had a party. Nobody will think anything wrong has happened. But in those days, if you see a wine bottle or a liquor bottle outside someone's house, it became a big thing. That, oh, what is this going on? Srivas Thakur is a great Brahmin, but what is this lying outside his house? But Srivas Thakur, because he was Bhakta Akyam, he had come in the form of a devotee. Narad Muni had come as a devotee. He was setting the highest example for others to follow. So when he opened the doors in the morning and he saw all these things were lying outside his house, he actually went and gathered all the respect, the Mahajans, all the respectable people of the neighborhood, all the Brahmins, and he showed them. He said, look, 
all these things are there outside my house can you all see this is actually what i truly am this is what my true personality is and this is what i do i worship ma kali in black magic and this is what i devour meat and uh, liquor and all these things and when all the mahajan saw this they actually the mahad all those brahmins became very embarrassed and they said no we actually know who you are and we know your true position so we know someone has done this to blaspheme you and this is not right at all so they actually helped shrivas thakur clean everything and they um, uh, applied cow dung to that place to purify because meat and uh, wine and all that had touched that place but shrivas thakur's pure spotless character could not be touched and what happened to gopal chapala because of this offense he had done to shrivas thakur he actually contracted leprosy because we know krishna can tolerate offenses or blasphemy of for himself but he cannot tolerate any offense to his devotees so krishna or chaitanya mahaprabhu did not take it kindly what um, gopal chapala had did and because of that he got leprosy and whenever obviously in those days when someone gets leprosy they would have to go outside the village now there are colonies for leprosies and societies and all but that time they just had to leave the village nobody would give them a job obviously so they had to live by begging so gopal chapala started living outside by begging and one day he saw gor hari passing by and he actually ran to chaitanya mahaprabhu and he glorified him and he said hey uh, my lord you are mahavadanyaya you have come to give your mercy to everybody please look at my stricken condition my disease ridden body and show me your mercy and chaitanya mahaprabhu thundered like a lion he became very angry when gopal chapala approached him and he said no you are not a, tr a true recipient of my mercy i cannot give you because you have offended my very dear devotee shrivas thakur so unless you go and beg forgiveness from him we will not be able i will not be able to pardon you at all and then gopal chapala begs and begs her forgiveness from shrivas thakur and then chaitanya mahaprabhu shows his mercy to him and he gets rid of his ecstasy so like we said no one was allowed in these kirtans and there were some people still who wanted to be part of the kirtans and they wanted to see chaitanya mahaprabhu's ecstatic, uh, ecstatic dancing and they wanted to hear how these devotees were singing and glorifying the lord so there are three personalities we'll talk about in the next few minutes so one personality was the mother in law of shrivas thakur the second was a brahmachari and then the third was a servant of shrivas thakur so mother in law of shrivas thakur she actually tried to sneak in obviously she had access to the house she is the mother in law so she she was very interested in seeing the kirtan and the dancing but she was not a devotee she had no devotion in her heart for lord krishna or no affection for chaitanya mahaprabhu but she somehow snuck in and she hid in one of the cupboards and then when night time happened obviously they are you know the kirtan roaring kirtan started ecstatic dancing started and chaitanya mahaprabhu started dancing as usual in the kirtan but he stopped the kirtan in some time and he said that i'm not feeling that same ecstasy which i normally feel in my heart during our kirtans there is somebody present over here who is who should not be present who is not qualified to be here and that is why i'm not feeling that ecstasy so shrivas thakur got very worried and in fact devotees got worried oh is it us or something but shrivas thakur then said okay my lord let me check so he went through his house and ultimately he found his mother in law hiding in a cupboard <laughs> now generally you know son in law are very respectful although his wife will go for the husband if they are not respectful to their um, mothers in law but shrivas thakur was obviously for him the most thing which mattered was chaitanya mahaprabhu's happiness so he dragged his mother in law out by her hair from that cupboard 
and he brought her in front of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he said, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this, uh, this, this is the woman who was trying to uh, look at your kirtan and look at your dancing and she's present here and maybe that is why you're not feeling the ecstasy. So I'm just going to throw her out. And he actually threw his mother-in-law out of the house because she was not qualified to participate in this kirtan. And then there was another brahmachari who was also very interested and who was very attracted to these kirtans. Now this brahmachari at least had the etiquette. He did not sneak in. But he went and approached Srivas Thakur and he very humbly asked him, he begged Srivas Thakur that can I please come and attend your kirtans, I want to see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dance just once, just a glimpse, please allow me to have a glimpse of his dance. So Srivas Thakur said no, 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 he remembered mother-in-law's incident, he said no, 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 nobody is allowed in these kirtans, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gets very upset if anybody else is there in this kirtan. And Brahma, this Brahmachari said, no, but I'm such a, hum, you, you know, I'm, uh, I, I what about to follow Brahmacharya, I also don't eat any grains, I just drink milk and I survive on milk alone. And I'm very attracted to these kirtans, you please allow me to have a glimpse. I am not that, it is not that I don't follow the tenets of Brahmacharya, I don't, you know, I'm very materially attached and I do sense gratification, I'm very detached that way, so please allow. So because of his imploring, Srivas Thakur's heart melted. And he said, okay, but just one glimpse and I'll allow you. So he actually hid him in one of the trunks or something he hid him and he allowed him to watch the kirtan. So again, same thing happened. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu started dancing and he realized he is not feeling the ecstasy. So he stopped the kirtan and he asked once again. And he, you know, he got angry and he asked, who is there today in this house because of which I'm not feeling that ecstasy which I usually feel. Now this time Srivas Thakur got very um, scared. He became fearful because he had brought that brahmachari in, but he thought that brahmachari is quite qualified. Why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is saying that? But still, he presented the brahmachari to, uh, in front of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he started glorifying the brahmachari. He said that, uh, I only allowed this brahmachari to come in because he's just drinking milk, he just does so much austerities, absolutely no grains he takes, he follows brahmacharya quite strictly, so much penances he does, so he glorified. And as Srivas Thakur was glorifying, he saw Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's face was became, becoming redder and redder. He was becoming more and more angry. So then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu thundered at the end. He said, do you think just by austerities and knowledge and penances one can achieve me? Or do you think just by these austerities one can actually achieve Krishna Prem? No, one needs to have bhakti in his heart, devotion in his heart to be able to achieve that highest stage of prema, not just by austerities or penances or anything like that. So then this brahmachari, he fell flat at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's lotus feet and he said, because he was quite humble by nature, so he said, please pardon me, I only like requested Srivas Thakur to allow me to see the kirtan, but I understand now that I'm not qualified and just my austerity of drinking milk, he became famous as milk drinker brahmachari. So he said that just that austerity is not enough to have, you know, your darshan, my lord, so I will leave from here. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's heart then softened and he said, yes, go and associate with a devotee, go and serve a devotee, go and, you know, devote uh, your life to the worship of Lord Krishna and chant the holy names and definitely you will achieve perfection in this lifetime itself. So he blessed the brahmachari like that and the brahmachari went away. Now, given, you know, speaking of the instruction which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave him, that serve a devotee and associate with a devotee and your life will be perfect. So the third example we wanted to talk about was the servant of Srivas Thakur. Now this servant, her name was Dukhi. 
and she was she did not know shrivas thakur's glorious like you know uh, exalted position but she was as a simple uh, lady she was serving simple hearted she was serving shrivas thakur her very faithfully considering him as his master lord and master and she was serving him very faithfully and that is the beauty of krishna consciousness the agyata sukriti which one accumulates because of serving someone even if they don't know they are devotees krishna becomes very pleased and he actually awards them bhakti for himself so chaitanya mahaprabhu many times used to uh, go and visit shrivas thakur because he was very attracted shrivas thakur had a beautiful altar where he used to worship vishnu so he would many times go and worship vishnu and prabhupada in one of the purports explains that every devotee in their house should have a small bed for vishnu where they actually make you know the deity sleep and same way shrivas thakur also had this bed for vishnu and one day chaitanya mahaprabhu came and sat on that bed and he said shrivas look the person whom you been uh, worshiping for all these years because he had vishnu uh, deities on his altar who whom you been worshiping all these years is present sitting here before you so sometimes chaitanya mahaprabhu would come in that mood and he would exhibit his true uh, position as the supreme personality of godhead on another occasion shrivas thakur was very carefully chanting the vishnu sahasranamam and in the vishnu and chaitanya mahaprabhu was very attentively listening to the chanting of vishnu sahasranamam and in the vishnu sahasranamam the name narsimha comes as we know and as soon as he chanted the name narsimha chaitanya mahaprabhu started becoming very agitated his body started uh, you know hair started coming out of his body he started rolling and thundering and he started uh, behaving almost like a lion so that narsimha roop came out of chaitanya mahaprabhu and then the devotees had to pacify him shrivas thakur had to pacify him and make him sit down so like that chaitanya mahaprabhu used to exhibit sometimes that he is the supreme lord in shrivas thakur's house and one such time when he exhibited it for a long time was the mahaprakash leela for seven prahars that means 21 hours the mahaprakash leela went on wherein he actually accepted all types of worship from the devotees because otherwise chaitanya prabhu would never accept any worship from any of his associates because he himself had wanted to show that he is also a devotee of krishna like all of them but on this occasion he allowed the devotees to worship him as much as they want offer aartis offer unlimited bhoga to him do abhishek to him so he accepted all these worships and he also gave lots of benedictions to everybody who was there so during the abhishek one person who was very silently serving was uh, shrivas thakur's servant uh, dukhi so for the abhishek they were bringing pots and pots of water from uh, the ganga and they were um, pouring obviously on chaitanya mahaprabhu like you know um, i think kesho prabhu was saying on the gor during the gor purnima class that krishna actually loves abhishek vishnu loves abhishek because who wouldn't like on a hot day specially to take bath in you know all these different different cooling ingredients so he's he's abhishek priya so like that chaitanya mahaprabhu was accept, accepting this abhishek and everybody was bringing pots and dukhi service was to you know again help in bringing those pots and she was lining them up very nicely so that the abhishek can go on very uh, like smoothly for um, chaitanya mahaprabhu and at the end of this abhishek chaitanya mahaprabhu actually asked um, shrivas thakur that who did this service of bringing all the pots and arranging them so nicely and shrivas thakur said oh it's just a servant in my house and chaitanya mahaprabhu said bring her here and what is her name and shrivas thakur said her name is dukhi so chaitanya mahaprabhu said why should her name be dukhi from today onwards her name is sukhi because she has served 
all the devotees and served me so nicely she will be now ecstatic in krishna prem and that is why her name will be sukhi sukhi means one who is always happy and actually that servant developed krishna prem because of just serving chaitanya chaitanya mahaprabhu's very dear associate shrivas thakur and shrivas thakur also shrivas pandit also had a niece whose name was narayani now this narayani is actually the famous mother of vrindavandas uh, thakur who was again you know one of the close associates and devotees of chaitanya mahaprabhu so just to show how he gave his mercy to anybody who is associated with shrivas thakur also he used to give his mercy because that much dear shrivas thakur was to chaitanya mahaprabhu so narayani was playing once uh, in the courtyard and this this is when actually shrivas thakur this during this time shrivas thakur was a little worried because otherwise shrivas thakur was never worried about anything he used to host so many festivals in his house they had an elaborate vyas puja once in his house where lord nityananda worshiped chaitanya mahaprabhu very nicely and chaitanya mahaprabhu used to ask him to arrange all these festivals and once chaitanya mahaprabhu asked him he said where are you going to shrivas i don't see you working at all what profession are you doing where are you getting all the lakshmi from to organize these big festivals and all that and shrivas thakur went and clapped his hand three times and chaitanya mahaprabhu said what does that mean so he said that uh, chaitanya mahaprabhu if you know when i clap these hands three times i i see that my house is never bereft of growth, like supplies or all the necessary things which i need to do or to serve you and your devotees and chaitanya mahaprabhu then blessed him he said that you know you are your your house is the abode of lakshmi devi lakshmi devi might have to go begging one day but your house will never be bereft or it will never be no shortage there will never be any shortage of anything that necessities that you need in your house so that is the blessing shrivas thakur had so he used to organize all these things and chaitanya mahaprabhu always wanted to bless but once he saw shrivas thakur was a little worried and this is when because of the night loud kirtan some of the neighbors had gone and complained to the muslim ruler chand kazi because they were getting very disturbed by the loud kirtan and they said that you know all these do you know these hindus are actually blaspheming they are doing these loud kirtans they are not following islam they are not chanting allah allah but they are doing these kirtans of hare krishna mahamantra so chand kazi became very angry and he was he he was going to dispatch he gave instructions to his soldiers go and drag that shrivas thakur's house who is the leader of all these people and put it in the ganga so and he said go and break everything and destroy his house so he had given these instructions and shrivas thakur came to know that all the soldiers are coming very soon to his house so that time he was a little worried and then chaitanya mahaprabhu saw that worry and he asked shrivas thakur that why why are you feeling so worried shrivas thakur what is happening and that time shrivas thakur said he said that i have heard that chand kazi is sending all these muslim soldiers to actually attack us and destroy our house i am not worried about my house chaitanya mahaprabhu but i am just worried that we will not be able to continue these kirtans and that time chaitanya mahaprabhu again you know roars like a lion and he says that you feel that you know this chanting that we are doing is not all powerful do you think it's just some mumbo jumbo we are doing it is the most powerful mantra you go and challenge that ruler that he can come and do whatever he wants but he will not be able to stop us and that time when he saw narayani the who was uh, shrivas thakur's niece playing in the playground he in the courtyard he just said narayani come here and she was just 4 years old at that time and uh, you know just to show everybody especially shrivas thakur the potency of the mantra he said chant hare krishna and narayani she straight away she chant started chanting hare krishna and because 
she got that instruction from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. All the she started exhibiting the Ashtasatvika bhavs. All the transcendental ecstasies manifested, and such a little girl, she started crying profusely. She started rolling on the ground. Her hairs were standing on end. She was almost fainting in ecstasy. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, see if this little girl can experience this just because of the power of the mantra. Don't underestimate the power this mantra has and nothing will happen. The uh, Muslim soldiers cannot do anything to any of us. But uh, still, you know, the Muslim soldiers, you know, the Chand Kazi came himself. They warned, uh, the soldiers first came and warned Srivas Thakur. And then Chand Kazi himself came and he broke the Mridangas. And he said, no, from now onwards, nothing will happen over here. No kirtans, no loud chanting. Do stop all these things, otherwise I will put all of you all in jail. So when, uh, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to know that uh, Chand Kazi has come and broken the Mridanga, and that's how the house is also known as Khola Bhanga Danga. So he said, okay, he called all the devotees, and he said that, I want all of you to gather today in the evening, and we are going to have a peaceful protest. We are all going to walk till Chand Kanchakazi's house with torchlights and we are going to go with loud singing and chanting of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. And all the devotees gathered, they all had, you know, sticks on which they had tied cloths which they dipped in kerosene and had lit fire. So with those, you know, mashal we say in India, like that, with those uh, sticks of fire, uh, they all started walking. Very peacefully, they were not trying to, like nowadays we see revolts which people do, they try to break things off just to make their presence felt, and they try to destroy things, properties and all that. But here they were having a very peaceful protest, so they all marched to the Chand Kazi's house. And when the Chand Kazi saw that so many people are coming, thousands and thousands of people are coming with torches and chanting the Hare Krishna Mahamantra loudly, he became very scared, and he actually hid himself. And then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ordered the servants who were outside, go and call Chandkazi outside. And Chandkazi refused to come because he had become a little scared. And then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, tell him that he is like my uncle. He is, you know, our ruler and he is like my uncle. He is ruling all of us. He has been providing for everybody in this um, particular uh, city. So please you call him. So then ultimately Chandkazi opened the door and allowed. Uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to come in and then the famous conversation is there in Chaitanya Charitramrita which happened between Chant Kazi and um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu about why you know being Muslims you all eat, uh, you all, uh, eat kill the cow and eat her, her meat and also all that conversation happens and that time Chant Kazi he also says why do you stop these people from chanting they are chanting the Lord's name they are glorifying the Lord why are you stopping them from doing that and then Chand Kazi said that, I promise you that from now onwards I will never stop these kirtans. Everybody is allowed to chant as much as you want. And in this my particular town, no cow killing will happen and no meat eating will happen. And why this transformation had happened? The Chand Kazi explains to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He said that after I broke the Mridanga and came home, and when I slept in the night, there was a very fierce personality who came in my dream. He was like a lion and he actually jumped on my chest and he said, how dare you break the mridanga of these devotees? How dare you put an uh, obstruction in their chanting and in their ecstasies? I don't want you to do this from now onwards. You will allow them to chant as much as they want. Otherwise, I will come and kill you. And actually, Chandkazi opened his um, kurta, his shirt, and he showed there were scratches, nail scratches, like a lion would scratch someone. Such deep scratches were there on his chest. So because he had become scared and he had got darshan of Narsimha Dev, his heart had transformed and he then allowed all this chanting to take place. 
So these were all the glories of Shrivas Thakur. How in his house so much kirtans used to happen. There are also very nice pastimes about when Shrivas Thakur lost his son one day during the kirtan, and everybody inside obviously he's lost his son. So his wife and all the other relatives were crying, crying profusely. And Shrivas Thakur actually heard the crying, and he went inside, and he said, "I don't want." They said, "Why are you all crying?" And he said, "Oh, your son, our son has passed away," but absolutely no reaction. Oh, my son has passed away and, you know, starting to cry. He said, right now, Kirtan is going on. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is dancing in ecstasy. I don't want any of you all to cry, not even shed one tear. And if you all want to cry, just cry silently over here. No sound should come out. There is nothing in this world which can stop Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Kirtan, not even the death of my son. And then Chaitanya, you know, all the devotees continued chanting and dancing. And then at the end, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu actually said that, I can sense some grief in this house. You know, some deep down my heart is feeling a bit pained. Something has happened. And then the devotees told Chaitanya, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that actually Srivas Thakur's son has passed away many hours ago, but he did not want to disturb your chanting and that is why he has just kept all his relatives inside. And he himself is not, he was dancing, Srivas Thakur was dancing in ecstasy in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Kirtan. And that time Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's heart was pained and he actually gave a big embrace to um, Srivas Thakur. And he said that where, you know, because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was giving an inkling, like a hint to all these devotees that he's going to take sanya soon, he's going to leave all of them. And he gives that hint, he says that, how am I going to be separated from all of you? I'll be bereft of your association, how can I live away from all of you? When you all are such exalted devotees, your own son has passed away and still there was no reaction from you. And then the whole pastime happens where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu goes, talks to the son, brings him back to life. Like same we see in uh, Maharaj Chitra Ketu's pastime, you know, the son says, I don't want to stay here, I've had so many fathers and mothers, so that whole thing happens and then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself does the final rites for Srivas Thakur's son with his own hands. And he assures Srivas Thakur and Malani Devi that you have lost your son, but I will always be present as your son whenever you all need me. So there's many, many glories of Srivas Thakur, but time is short, sorry, we've gone a little over. We'll end the class here and we'll see if there's any comments or questions or corrections. Yes, Prabhuji. Hare Krishna Maharaji, thank you for the class. Um, can you just clarify for me that um, you mentioned, I think Advaita Acharya is the incarnation of Mahavishnu and Lord Shiva. Can you explain why they came into the same incarnation together? Uh, so Advaita Acharya actually was responsible for bringing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu down. Now, why they came together, I'm not too sure Prabhuji, honestly. <laughs> Vijay Prabhu, do you know? Because Krishna, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came with his five energies or five forms as we discussed. So first he came in his own form as a, as a, as a devotee. Then he had one expansion, one avatar. Um, one Shakti and one uh, Jiva Tattva, which is devotee, which is Srivas Thakur or Narad Muni. So when we say avatar, Mahavishnu is an avatar of Krishna uh, and therefore that there is Mahavishnu and Sadashiv is to show, I again, you know, this is, I'll have to do a bit more study into this, but Sadashiv is to show that merciful nature of Lord Shiva. Because Lord Shiva is full of, he's Ashutosh, he satisfies his devotees' desires and Advaita Acharya's desire was that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu descends Krishna descends in this world to save the fallen people of Kali Yuga. So that compassionate component 
I feel is Sadashiva, and that is why both of them combine to come. But yeah, some more study into this Prabhuji probably is required. Okay, we'll end the class here. Granthraj Srimad Bhagavatam ki, Srila Prabhupada ki, Srivas Thakur appearance day ki.